Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Shoots for ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is the Ready for the Draft podcast, Bowl Edition. That's right. It's bowl season. Happy holidays to me. This is one of my favorite times of year, getting to sit down, watch all the bowl games. I never miss a bowl game. I, I remember as a kid growing up, watching every single bowl game, and things haven't changed even today. We're going to take a look at the first week's worth of bowl games in this podcast. And then a couple of days later, I'm going to put another podcast together to take a look at the remaining games. So we'll look at all 40 bowl games. We're going to take a look at some of the matchups to watch when we're talking about the draft eligible prospects. My goal is to get you ready for the NFL draft, which is set to begin in April in Las Vegas, Nevada. I want you to be prepared. I want you to know who these draft prospects are going to be, not just the Joe Burrows, the Chase Youngs, but I want you to make sure that you're also you know, not forgetting about the guys that are going to be those sleeper picks on day two, day three, some of those priority free agents as well. Uh, so we're going to take a look at these matchups. Who are the guys that you really want to key in on during the bowl, you know, the bowl season? So without further ado, why don't we go ahead and just jump straight into the bowls. And uh, the first bowl game on Friday, December 20th, Buffalo taking on Charlotte in the Bahamas Bowl. And I'll tell you what the you know Buffalo Bulls under Lance Leipold uh, seven and five on the year you know back to back bowl games and uh, you know they're really led by by a two headed monster running back uh, Jared uh, Patterson uh, you know he he's he's kind of the bell cow for them uh, five nine one hundred eighty five pounds uh, over sixteen hundred yards on the ground uh, seventeen touchdowns. Also, three, uh, 13 receptions on the year as well. Uh, this is the kid who runs with tremendous balance. I think he, he runs through contact, uh, you know, pretty shifty between the tackles, has a, a burst on the outside as well. You know, he came in as a freshman. He and Kevin Marks, uh, the other running back there, they, they are a, you know, they're going to give you that dose on, on the ground. And, and that's really what, what you're going to see from Buffalo. You know, and Kevin Marks uh, eclipsing the 1,000-yard mark as well, eight touchdowns. Uh, to go with that six foot, 200 pounds, um, you know, a bigger back, but uh, he, he runs with a little bit more power. I think J- Jared Patterson, the, the lateral quickness, I think that's one of the things that you see, the vision to see the cutback lanes. I think Jared, Jared Patterson is going to be one of those names to watch out for. If he uh, has another big year, you know, I mean, he's, he's already talking about 1600 yards on the ground. You know, that's among the nation's best. If he has another year like that, we could anticipate seeing Jared Patterson potentially coming out after his junior year. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys to really keep an eye out for. So if you haven't seen Jared Patterson play tune into that bowl game. Now, when we're talking about Charlotte, you know, uh, on offense, you've got Ben LeMay. Ben LeMay, 5'9", 215 pounds, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, 54 receptions in his career as well, went over the 1,000-yard mark, as I said, just you know, 1,027 yards, nine touchdowns on the year, uh, you know, big, thick back. Um, you know, he's only 5'9", but you know, he's, he's well put together. Uh, another guy who runs through contact. This is going to be a fun game on the ground. Now, with Charlotte, you know, as I mentioned, 7-5, you know, um, you know, their first bowl game, you know, first bowl appearance ever, Will Healy taking them to the bowl game. And, uh, you know, Charlotte, when you think of Charlotte, you know, I mentioned Ben LeMay, uh, the running back, but I'll tell you, if you haven't gotten to see Alex High uh, Smith, you're in for a treat. 6'4", 242 pounds, kind of a defensive end, outside linebacker hybrid. I think he's best suited as a 3'4", outside linebacker at the next level. 
Uh, not only is he the third leading tackler on the team, but he's also a leading sack artist. Uh, 21 and a half tackles for loss, 15 sacks, three pass breakups, two forced fumbles. Here's the thing that's so impressive about Alex Highsmith. In 2018, 16 and a half tackles for loss, just three sacks. You know, this was a guy who was living in opposing backfields, but wasn't really getting to the quarterback. He was making plays behind the line, affecting the runs, uh, you know, really using his hands well, explosive bursts coming off, off the football as well. And he really showed a, an ability to get home against the quarterback in 2019, developing more of those, those pass rush moves um, coming off the edge, using his hands um, even better. Um, you know, using some of those secondary moves as well. He's not just the guy who's going to attack you on the outside. You know, I thought he got, you know, better core strength to be able to, to dip and, and, and rip and really get through the, the offensive tackles uh, blocks. And then that repertoire, like I said, not only using the, you know, his hands, you know, using some arm over techniques, spin moves back to the inside, you know, crossing the face of the tackle and, and really getting that good inside rush. Alex Highsmith, high motor guy, and he's going to make Buffalo, you know, the, the Buffalo quarterback, you know, Van Treese, going to make his life miserable in the in the backfield. Now, for Buffalo on defense, you know, you've got Ladarius Mack. That's Khalil Mack's little brother, a 6'1", 240-pound senior, 10.5 tackles for loss, six sacks, three forced fumbles. He flies around to the football. And then you're going to have Taylor Riggins, the, the defensive end, 6'2", 255 pounds. He's only a junior, 8.5 sacks to lead the team. Um, he'll be getting after the, the quarterback there, and they'll have the the, the job of, of trying to get after Ben LeMay. But what I'm really interested in is not only Alex Highsmith getting after the quarterback, but I want to see what he can do against the run as well. If he's if he's squaring up Jarrett Patterson or Kevin Marks behind the line of scrimmage, is he going to be able to bring them down in the open field? That's really what I'm looking forward to. Uh, tune into that Bahamas Bowl and, uh, you know, I think it'll be an interesting contest. I think at the end of the day, I think Buffalo just has a little bit too much firepower, especially on the ground with the, the you know, Marks and Patterson. I think Buffalo ends up winning it, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people expect. The other game on the 20th is going to be the Frisco Bowl. That's Utah State versus Kent State. Now, Utah State, you know, kind of an interesting program. Gary Anderson, his second stint as head coach, uh, you know, he was... Uh, there for four years from 2009 to 2012 while they were in the WAC. Uh, obviously, now they're in the Mountain West. Three straight bowl games. Um, and, and you look at them, Jordan Love, the quarterback, is really the guy that everyone is going to be focused in on. He was arrested for uh, marijuana uh, use and possession. Um, but he's a kid who's still going to play in the game, and he's already declared for the draft. Uh, 6'4", 225 pounds. And when you look at him as a sophomore, 64% completion percentage, over 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, just six interceptions. Everyone looked at Jordan Love and said, this is going to be the guy. Everyone's looking for that next quarterback. Who's going to be the breakout? Who's going to be the Kyler Murray, the guy that's really going to elevate his game to the next level as a junior and and really uh, take the world by storm? And uh, Jordan Love was really going to be that guy. Uh, This year, though, 60.6% 60.6% completion percentage, just over 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns with 16 interceptions. And here's the thing with, with Jordan Love. You watch him play, and he looks phenomenal. Looks definitely looks the part. Has a tremendous arm, uh, very athletic, can get out on, on the move and uh, you know square his shoulders to the target and uh, can be a playmaker uh, in space, uh, will take off and run the ball whenever he can as well. Um, but here's, here's the deal with, with Jordan Love. 
I, I really believe that he needed to come back for one more year. And I think the really the big reason why is I don't know that he necessarily sees the entire field. You know, he, he got baited a few times by defensive backs, you know, making some ill-advised throws. And, um, you know, he he didn't have the benefit of a, of a receiving core that, uh, you know, was, um, I, I guess, had had quite a few drops. Um, but it was really the biggest thing for me watching him was just the inconsistency. He'd have a perfect throw, the perfect touch on, on a throw, but then he would try to fit the ball into, into traffic, wouldn't see the safety uh, coming over the top, wouldn't see a linebacker underneath, uh, corners working inside, uh, working outside in, and and a lot of times he, he missed that as well. Um, throwing back across his body uh, late over the middle, um, just a lot of things, you know, with him that he, I, I thought Jordan Love needed to shore up. Now, here's the thing: the athleticism, the athletic ability, he has the potential and the talent, and that's why he's going to get drafted in uh, probably the first 40 or 50 picks. Is he going to be a first rounder? There may be a team that's out there that's going to need a quarterback. You figure Cincinnati's probably going to go with Joe Burrow. Is Miami going to take Tua? Um, you know, are the Chargers? potentially Carolina, Tampa Bay going to go after Justin Herbert. You know, there are teams that are out there that are going to need a quarterback and there's a chance Jordan Love could be a first rounder this year. I just wish he would have come back for one more year. I think get, you know, some of that polished together. He could have been the number one quarterback taken in next year's draft, but you know, he, he is coming out and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see where things, where things lie. You know, I, I thought Sam Darnold should have come back for one more year at USC and, uh, you know, we see what he's doing there with the Jets, you know, kind of an up and down start to his career. Um, hopefully, you know, in the right situation, that's really what I'm hoping for for, for Jordan Love at this point. Um, you know, Utah State going to be without uh, David Woodward, their, their inside linebacker. Um, lower body injury out for the year. He's also declared for the draft. 6'7", 235 pounds. Just played in, you know, in seven games this year. Also battled some injuries as a freshman. Only played in seven games. But, you know, as a sophomore, 134 tackles, 12 and a half for loss, five sacks, two interceptions. Uh, you know, as a, as a junior, uh, like I said, only played in seven games with 93 tackles, uh, five going for loss, a couple of sacks, uh, a couple of pass breakups, four forced fumbles, you know, very instinctive, plays well in space. He's a guy I, I think I want to see how he tests. You know, how how fast is this kid going to be? Is he going to be uh, someone that's running in the in the four fives, four six range, or is he going to be in the four seven, four eight? I think if he can run in that four five, four six range, he's one of those guys who I think is going to see his draft stock continue to elevate because he is instinctive. He can play in space. Um, he is more of the the new age linebacker and he, he's playing on the inside too. And there are, you know, there, there's room for him to rise up draft boards. I think, um, you know, then Tipa Naliai, uh, the, the 6'5", 235 pound senior uh, defensive end outside linebacker hybrid. I think, you know, he, he's so lean right now. I think he's more of a 34 outside linebacker started his career at TCU um, you know, 26 and a half tackles for loss, 19 and a half sacks in his career. Um, really the breakout year was his junior season, 13 and a half tackles for loss, 10 sacks. Uh, he's going to be the guy that's going to be getting after Dustin Crum, the junior uh, quarterback there for Kent State. Now Kent State, man, second year uh, head coach Sean Lewis, you know, after a two and 10 uh, record in his first year, goes six and six. 
know, this is the first bowl game since the 2012 GoDaddy Bowl under Daryl Hazel. Um, and then really the only other bowl game that Kent State's been to was a 1972 Tangerine Bowl. Uh, so Kent State, not really familiar with the bowl games, and, and I think Sean Lewis has done a tremendous job bringing this team there. But if you haven't seen Dustin Crum play, he, he's a lot of fun to watch. 6'3", 201 pounds, uh, 68.2% completion percentage, over 2,300 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, just two interceptions. Also, his 560 yards on the ground led the team. Uh, so when we talk about you know Tipanali coming off the edge, really going to have to pressure Dustin Crum, get him uh, uncomfortable in the pocket, but... They also have to have a spy on him, and that's really where David Woodward would have come into play to keep an eye on Dustin Crum. Uh, you know, when you're talking about Kent State coming on defense, the Golden Flash, you know, the, the corner, uh, Jamal Parker, is 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 fun to watch. He's 5'8", 177 pounds. If he were to play in the, at the next level, he'd be in the nickel. Um, a guy who's likely not going to be drafted, but I think he'll at least get a shot, you know, and a look at, at an NFL team. As a potentially a priority free agent, this is a kid who uh, 28 pass pass breakups, nine interceptions in his career, uh, 58 tackles, three interceptions, nine pass breakups in 2019. And then one other name for you to look out for as well is uh, uh, Manny Lawrence Birch, uh, six foot, 195 pounds, kind of a, li- a linebacker safety hybrid, leading the team in tackles with 94, four sacks, five and a half tackles for loss. He's one of those guys who plays all over the field for the Golden Flash, and and again leads the team in tackles. He's going to be the guy that's flying around making some plays uh, in the running game, and then Jamal Parker is really going to be tasked with trying to shut down Jordan Love and, and that passing attack. I think in the at at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I think what Kent State has done is remarkable getting to to be bowl eligible. But Jordan Love, there's just too much there. Um, I, I think Utah State ends up winning this game going away. So now Saturday, December 21st, we've got a, a full slate of games. The first one is going to be Central Michigan and San Diego State. Central Michigan uh, getting there. Uh, went to the MAC championship game against Miami of Ohio uh, under Jim McElwain, and uh, you know a tremendous turnaround there for for Jim McElwain. Didn't win the MAC. Uh, Miami of Ohio ended up winning that game, but uh, like I said, just a tremendous, tremendous job by uh, by him. Um, and, and he's taking on a San Diego State team uh, with Rocky Long, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what Rocky Long's been able to do. Um, you know, 10 bowl appearances all under, under Rocky Long. I think that's, you know, tremendous. And, uh, you know, the New Mexico Bowl, you know, you're going to hopefully Juwan Washington's going to get to play. He's questionable with an injury, 5'7, 190 pounds. Um, as a junior, just under 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns on the year. So far this year, um, you know, just 500 yards on the ground, a couple of touchdowns, 17 receptions. He's a dynamic uh, returner. Uh, he's he's really a lot of fun to watch. That's really what I was hoping to see there for San Diego State. Um, defensively, um, you know they've got Kavaya Tazino, six foot, two hundred thirty-five pound uh, inside linebacker, two hundred eighty-five tackles in his career, thirty for loss, fourteen sacks. He's really the guy that is the the playmaker in the middle of that defense. You know, very instinctive. He's the guy that that's that's the leader. He sets the tone. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to be that guy that's going to be flying around uh, all over the field. Uh, Luke Barku, 
second year player there for San Diego State, 6'1", 175 pounds, senior. Um, man, this year, eight interceptions, 16 pass breakups. I haven't even had a chance to watch San Diego State play um, this year, and so I really haven't gotten a chance to study Luke Barku, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing that um, because he's among the nation leaders in, in both pass breakups and interceptions. You know, when you're talking about 24 total passes defended, um, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who's ranking among uh, the FBS's top uh, defensive back. So I'll be really curious to see what he does. Um, uh, Tarek Thompson, uh, the, the safety was a freshman all American a couple of years ago, six foot, 190 pounds. Uh, you know, a guy who, you know, 185 tackles in his career, also nine interceptions, 20 pass breakups. So he's a guy who can play in the box. He can drop into coverage. Um, you know, plays well over the top, does a little bit of everything. And then Darren Hall, uh, six foot, 180 pounds, sophomore, another guy who makes a lot of plays all over the field, 16 pass breakups to his credit, kind of a safety corner. Um, you know, he's going to be another guy to, to keep an eye on San Diego state. They produce a lot of, of, of corners and, uh, and safeties, you know, Demonte Casey was, uh, the latest one that comes to mind. He's going to be one of those guys that I think a lot of teams are going to be wanting to watch. Uh, and, and when I say that, you know, he was a guy, um, that, really stepped out, really played well, you know, really made a lot of plays on the football and he's having himself a nice NFL career. I think Luke Barku uh, could potentially be that same type of player. Um, so for central Michigan defensively, I think probably one of their best uh, pro prospects is going to probably be Sean Adesanya. Um, the, the outside linebacker defensive end hybrid. He, he's, you know, because of his, his size, I really anticipate him playing uh, as a 34 outside linebacker at the next level. Um, you know, really a guy, he was a transfer that came in there and started playing for the Chippewas. And, uh, you know, this was the first year that he really got a chance to put everything together. Um, you know, a little inconsistent, um, you know, not always able to get home uh, and make plays on, on the football, but... Um, you know, a guy who's really known to be a, a sack artist. And I think he's going to be somebody more, you know, when you would think of him, he's more of a, uh, a pass rush specialist more than anything else. Started his career at Illinois, uh, transferred to Central Michigan after the 2017 season. Um, this year, 15 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks, a couple of pass breakups as well. 6'3", 240 pounds. Um, I think he'll get a shot just because he knows how to get home, knows how to get to the quarterback, knows how to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I think a lot of the workouts are really um, what's going to make or break things for Sean Adesanya. I think at the end of the day, San Diego State is just going to be too much for uh, the Chippewas. But again, Jim McElwain, hats off to him um, You know, on a great year, a great turnaround there uh, at Central Michigan. Uh, the Cure Bowl. Liberty, the, the the Flames taking on Georgia Southern, and the Flames. I'll tell you what, seven and five, uh, you know, under Hugh Freeze, you know, finally getting to go to a bowl game, you know, in their second year in the FBS. Um, just really remarkable what what Liberty's been able to do in such a short period of time, and they've got a bona fide stud on the offensive side of the football. Antonio Gandy Golden, know that name, six four, two hundred twenty pounds, uh, came in as a junior. Uh, caught over 70 passes for over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. This year, uh, even better, 70, 74 catches 
1,333 yards and nine touchdowns. Tremendous length. I think that's one of the things that you see. The the catch radius, you know, you put the ball anywhere near this guy and he's going to go up and get it. He wins the 50-50 balls, uh, times his jumps really well, excellent leaper, um, gets late separation. That's one of the things that I think is really impressive for him is even when the corner looks to have, to be in phase and be right there, he's going to separate. He's going to either extend that arm or he's going to uh, you know, really just look to, as he's leaping and jumping for the football, he's going to try to angle and contort his body to get away from that defensive back and make a play on the ball. Um, he has surprising speed for his size at 6'4". I think teams are going to worry about whether or not he can separate. So really, you want to see what he's going to run in the 40 at the at the Combine. This is a kid who's going to get invited to the Combine, by the way. And uh, you know, I, I think he's going to show up well. This is a very deep wide receiver class. You have as many as seven or eight wide receivers who could end up going in the first round. Uh, because of that, Gandy Golden uh, could slip and could fall into the third round. But man, he's not getting out of day two. Let's not get that twisted. You know, this is a guy who I think could end up starting um, very soon at the next level. He's the guy to keep an eye out for. The guy that's throwing him the football is Stephen Buckshot Calvert, 6'2", 180 pounds. Um, you know, a guy who hasn't completed 60% of his passes. Um, you know, 47 touchdowns with 23 interceptions. Um, really cut down on the interceptions as a senior. Still only 58, completed 58% of his passes, just under 3,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, just five interceptions. Um, he's going to be trying to get the ball to, to Gandy Golden, but I'll tell you what, that matchup that I really want to see is Gandy Golden taking on Kendall Vildor uh, of, of Georgia Southern. The, you know, 5'11", 195-pound, or 190-pound senior. Um, this is a guy who has tremendous ball skills. You know, he, he's instinctive. Um, always seems to be in the right position at the right time. You know, he's he's uh, has eight interceptions, 23 pass breakups in his career. Um, just an intelligent corner. Um, doesn't have ideal size, but this is one of the things. He's going up against a, a receiver who has five inches on him and has tremendous length. I really want to see what he can do. If he's in phase and he's able to, um, you know, attack the catch point, and, and really make life difficult for Antonio Gandy-Golden, that's going to go a long way towards NFL teams really being able to see if he can be a shutdown corner on the outside. Is he limited to playing inside? Is he going to be a nickel? What are you really going to see out of him? I think this game, that matchup, is really going to be huge uh, to really get an idea of what you're going to see there. Now, the other corner, Monquavian Brinson, 5'11", 190 pounds, uh, another guy who has tremendous ball skills. Uh, six interceptions, 34 pass breakups in his career, and he's playing opposite Vildor. Um, he's going to see a lot more of those passes coming his way. Um, but look, you know Georgia Southern, they've got two really talented corners. Um, and, and Georgia Southern, um, you know, th- let's see, what, what do I have here for them? Um, three of the last six years, you know, back-to-back bowl games, um, you know, they're, they're really uh, moving in the right direction. You know, and, and they're led offensively by Shy Wirtz, the the junior quarterback. Um, not you know, not tremendous in terms of the the accuracy. Fifty two percent completion percentage does have nine touchdowns, no interceptions. But it's really the ground game. He's over uh, two thousand yards on the ground. Um, Twenty three total touchdowns. This is a guy who makes plays. Um, tremendous, you know, just tremendous in space. 
And he's one of those guys, when you look at him, he could be a, a quarterback, he could be a, a running back at the next level. You know, he's not, you know, not a tremendous passer, but the athlete, I think that's really what's going to potentially give him uh, a shot at the next level. But uh, he's a junior, so he'll be back for one more year. Uh, same can't be said for Wesley Kennedy, uh, the 5'10", 180-pound senior. Um, no, actually, he's a junior as well. Um, let's see. Uh, through eight games, uh, 764 yards on the ground, 10 touchdowns. Um, he took over for Matt Breda. You know, if that name so- sounds familiar, he's he's the starter there for the 49ers. And, uh, you know, Matt Breda, man, you know, I, I don't know that, that Georgia Southern is going to be able to duplicate what he's done, um, what he did for that program. Uh, over 1,600 yards as a, as a sophomore there and uh, just really – was a was just a tremendous runner, tremendous, um, you know, for that program, really putting them on the map um, there in Georgia. But Wesley Kennedy is one of those guys. I think he's filled in, you know, filled in rather well. They're they're known for their for the running game more so than the passing. And uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of different backs, a lot of different looks. Uh, Wesley Kennedy is is a talented back and, and somebody to keep an eye on. Um, what they're going to go up against is a guy by the name of Jesse Lemonier. He's 6'3", 240 pounds, 27 tackles for loss, eight, uh, 18 and a half sacks in his career, uh, including eight and a half this past season. Um, you know, he's an outside linebacker, I think, at the next level. Um, someone who I think should deserve a look. You know, when you're talking about these guys, you know, who are rushing the quarterback, if nothing else, if you're just a, a situational pass rusher, there is... A chance there, there is a spot for you at the next level. You know, you may just be a situational guy. You may be only coming in on third downs as you continue to develop your your skill set. But you know, he had you know, Lemonier has a a knack for getting home and getting to the quarterback. He might be one of those developmental prospects that that a team takes a a shot at. Boca Raton Bowl seems to be a a. a really not just a virtual home game. It is a home game. It's played in FAU stadium. So Florida Atlantic uh, taking on SMU Lane Kiffin, really the swan song for him. Um, They're at uh, Florida Atlantic, Uh, but we're first going to talk about SMU. Uh, The Mustangs 10 and two, uh, you know, Sonny Dykes, you know, taking him to a bowl game yet again. Um, And they're led by their quarterback, Shane Bouchelle. Now, Shane Bouchelle, you know, first year there at SMU, um, transferred in from Texas. Sam Ellinger was not going to relinquish the starting job. So Shane Bouchelle moving in. And, uh, you know, if, if you look at what he did, uh, 63% passer. Um, let's see, over 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, nine interceptions. I thought he, he threw a really pretty deep ball. You know, that's one of the things that, that when you turn on the film and you watch him play, obviously you have James Prochet and Reggie Roberson, talented receivers that he's throwing the football to. But, you know, he had a really nice deep ball. He, he did a really good job uh, pushing the ball down the field, throws uh, with, with good accuracy outside the numbers. And, and that's rare when you're talking about a lot of the, the college, you know, uh, players in the college game. A lot of guys, they'll either, you know, they, they, They'll throw for you know a tremendous arm, but they won't lack the touch or vice versa. I think Shane Bouchelle has a little bit of both, and, and that's one of those things um, that you know I really want to see what he can do and how he's going to develop next year because he could be one of those quarterbacks that we're talking about um, in the in the 20, um, 2021 draft. 
when it's all said and done. Um, let's see. Running back, Xavier Jones, 5'11", 205. And, and I'll tell you what, this is a guy who, to me, is one of those sleepers, one of those guys who's kind of flying flying under the radar. Um, again, 5'11", 205, this past year, uh, over 1,200 yards on the ground, 21 touchdowns, so he has a nose for the end zone, 19 receptions as well. I look at him, he's one of those guys who I think is going to make a better pro than he even was a college player. I, I think he has that versatility. He's a guy who can run between the tackles, has some speed on the outside. You know, I think he might be a little quicker than he is fast, but you know, I liken him to a guy like Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is a is a rookie there for, for Dallas, filling in for Ezekiel Elliott at times, and uh, you see the flashes. You see what, what he's capable of. And I think Xavier Jones is going to be someone. He'll be a day three pick. He'll probably be a fifth rounder. But I think he's one of those guys who can step in and really start making some plays. Uh, you know, James Prochet is a guy. Um, I think he's a, he's a stud. He, he can be uh, that third receiver on your team, possibly even a number two. Six foot, 193 pounds. Just a polished, polished wideout. Runs tremendous routes. He's, he's one of those guys. I kind of I liken him a little bit to... Um, you know Terry McLaurin with the way that he runs routes, um, able to to get open uh, and, and separate from from his man so so quick in and out of his cuts. Um, tremendous catch radius um, for a guy who's only six feet tall. Um, but you know the the body control along the sidelines. You know he does a little bit of everything. Just so so smooth. Over 3,800 yards in his career. 38 touchdowns. Um, with this draft class, though. He's somebody to me, I look at him, you know, and I think of Cooper Cup. And I look at what James Prochet is able to do because of the ball skills, because of his ability to attack the ball in the air, because of his ability to really, you know, he's not very, he's he's uncoverable at, at times. You know, he, he's so quick off the line. He's able to beat guys off the off the ball, and that's really what Cooper Cup was able to demonstrate at the Senior Bowl. You know, Cooper Cup, you know, had a, a, a historic career there for Eastern Washington, but a lot of people weren't really expecting. He only ran a four six forty at the combine, and I don't expect James Prochet to, to blow our socks off um, when he runs the forty. But watch him, you know, in, in the Senior Bowl and really see what James Prochet can do. He's somebody to me. You know, I, I don't think corners are, are going to have an easy time with him You know, as he, he releases off the line of scrimmage. And he's somebody who should be a third-round pick. He'll probably fall to the fourth or fifth round because of the depth in this receiver class. He's somebody who could get lost in that shuffle. But I'm telling you, I think James Prochet is going to have a nice NFL career. Uh, the other wide receiver that I mentioned, Reggie Roberson, uh, questionable for the game, has a lower body injury. Um, his second year there at SMU after he transferred in. And... Uh, Let's see, um, over 1,600 yards and 12 touchdowns um, in his career. And, uh, you know, I, I hope he gets to play. That's just going to be another weapon for Shane Bouchelle. And, uh, and when we talk about Bouchelle, um, just getting back to him, you know, really quickly, you know, Jared Goff, his college coach was Sonny Dykes, who happens to be coaching Shane Bouchelle. And so I, I look at that, I can see some parallels to their games. You know, I think the eye discipline, you know, being able to look off the safety, um, 
hold him in place and then be able to to get back to his receiver. Um, you know, you see that you see some of those things out of Shane Bouchelle, some of those same traits. And uh, I'll be curious to see if if uh, what Dykes can do with with Bouchelle in his senior season. Now, getting back to um, the the positional players there for SMU. If you look defense, Patrick uh, Patrick Nelson. The, the safety we talked about him previously uh, in last podcast. Six foot, two hundred sixteen pounds, and and a guy who just flies around to the football. Seventy nine tackles, but really what's impressive is his ability to get home to the quarterback. Sixteen and a half tackles for loss, twelve and a half sacks. You know, I mean that's rare when you're talking about a safety. You know, he plays well in the box. Um, you know, not a guy who makes a ton of plays on the football, just have one interception and one pass breakup in, in 2019, but he's definitely somebody who's going to be a, blo- a box safety, um, probably be another linebacker that can play downhill. And, um, you know, the fact that he can get home and get to the quarterback, um, and, and bring him down, sack him, you can imagine that that's going to intrigue, uh, teams at the next level. And I think he's going to get a look because he he knows how to get after the quarterback. Now the Owls, Florida Atlantic with with Mr. Kiffin. Um, you look at them. You know they're they're ten and three on the year. Kiffin took him to a bowl game in two of the three years. And I mean when you talk about them, sixteen years in the FBS. Howard Schnellenberger, uh, Schnellenberger took him to two bowls um, in the first eight years of the program. And now we have Kiffin taking him to a bowl game in two of their their uh, his three years there. Uh, offensively, Harrison Bryant, the John Mackey Award winner, top tight end, 6'5", 240 pounds, over 1,000 yards receiving this year, seven touchdowns, uh, just a tremendous athlete. I think he's a he's a really good route runner. He can separate from from uh, the linebacker, uh, poses mismatches there with, with the linebackers because he's so much quicker um, in and out of his breaks. And then, obviously, the size mismatch going up against defensive backs. I think Harrison Bryant could challenge the likes of Albert Oe Boonham and Jared Pinckney and Bryson Hopkins to be the top tight end in this year's draft. Um, if you look at them, you're, you're talking about uh, defensively, you know, uh, Achilles uh, Leroy, the linebacker, 5'11", 235 pounds, kind of undersized, but uh, 101 tackles, 13.5 for loss, 7.5 sacks, four forced fumbles, uh, knows, you know, makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage, very active, um, Rashad Smith, uh, the outside linebacker, 6'1", 220 pounds, just under 300 yard, or 300 tackles in his career, 31 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, five interceptions, seven pass breakups, does a little bit of everything. That's one of the things that, that is intriguing about him is that, uh, you know, I don't think he necessarily is, uh, exceptional in any one area, but he does a lot of the little things and, you know, just does, does a little bit of everything for, for that, that, that program. And uh, I think he's going to be someone who you know, probably won't get drafted, but he'll be a, a priority free agent. Teams will at least want to take a look at him and, and see what he can do. Um, I'll be curious to see what he runs in the 40 uh, as well. I think that's going to go a long way towards uh, his, his draft stock. And then a junior uh, a, a transfer from Georgia Tech, Miko Dotson, 5'11", 195 pounds. Nobody's talking about this guy. Nine interceptions to his credit. He's only a junior, doesn't even start. For, for the Owls, but nine interceptions. The ball skills there are, are uncanny for this guy. He's somebody who is, I'm really going to be curious to see what he can do there at Florida Atlantic uh, next season. Under Willie Taggart, who uh, after um, Florida State not really working out, 
he gets a chance to coach again in Florida there at Florida Atlantic with Kiffin, uh, Lane Kiffin moving on to Mississippi. So that should be interesting. Uh, now we're moving on to the Camellia Bowl, and you've got Florida International taking on Arkansas State. So Florida International, FIU, 6-6 uh, six and six on the year. Um, you know, Butch Davis taking him to, to another bowl game. Um, let's see. You know, Butch is actually taking him to three bowl games. Um, they've only been to to a couple of others, and that was really Mario Cristobal uh, when he was the head coach. And Mario Cristobal, obviously now, uh, what he's doing there at Oregon, taking the Ducks to the Rose Bowl, just missing out on the college football playoff. Um, had they not lost to Arizona State, they may be playing in the playoff. But Mario Cristobal really started things there at FIU. Butch Davis continuing uh, to push the Panthers along. Uh, you know, just 16 years in FBS. And, uh, you know, I, I think Butch Davis really has that, that program moving in the right direction. Now, James Morgan is their quarterback. 6'4", 213 pounds, transferred in from uh, from Bowling Green. Uh, career 57% passer, but he did hit 61% uh, this year. Um, let's see, over 4,900 yards. Um, I'm sorry. Um, let's see. That's that's in his two years at at FIU. So 61.7% passing, uh, 49.75 in terms of his passing yards, 39 touchdowns, just 10 interceptions. Um, you know, this year 13 touchdowns, just three interceptions. Um, you know, really, I, I look at him and I think James Morgan is, is more of a game manager than anything else. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but uh, he's not one of those quarterbacks who's necessarily going to win it for you either. Um, Let's see, if, if I were to look at them on defense, the prospect I'm looking at is Sage Lewis. 6'1", 240-pound inside linebacker. Um, and look, as you know, in 2018, 124 tackles, 8 pass breakups. Really wanted to see what he was going to do this year. Just 81 tackles uh, on the year, 3 interceptions, 3 pass breakups. Um, but he's an instinctive playmaker, plays you know sideline to sideline. Um, you know, and so he's one of those guys... Um, I, I think a lot of the postseason workouts are really going to be key for him. Um, you know, what's he going to run in the forty? You know, what are you going to see in some of those other um, in some of those other drills? That's really what you know. If you run that forty time and you get that down low enough, then, then teams at least are going to want to go back and take a look at more game film. And uh, I think Sage Lewis is going to be one of those guys trying to get after uh, the quarterback there at Arkansas State. And I'll tell you what. You know, they're going to be throwing the football to to Omar Bayless, 6'3", 207-pound senior wideout. And uh, in his first three seasons with uh, the Red Wolves, 83 receptions, uh, 1,111 yards, and nine touchdowns. As a senior, 84 receptions, over 1,400 yards, which is 17.5 average, and 16 touchdowns. So Omar Bayless just having a breakout year. He's a big wideout. I think he's going to have a chance at the next level again. Another draft class that has so many receivers out there. He's going to fall. He'll be probably a late day three guy, but he's he's a bigger receiver. Has that, that nice catch radius. Um, very uh, adept at finding the holes in the zone. A, a weapon um, who's not afraid to go over the middle either. Um, he'll make the difficult catch. I like Omar Bayless. I want to see him get a chance at the next level. I hope you know he's going to go to a uh, an NFL team that needs receivers. Um, he could be that that fourth or fifth receiver. Um, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I was a big fan of Kenny Galladay when he came out of Northern Illinois. And I think about some of those group of five receivers, I think Omar Bayless could be a, a, you know, a similar, uh, in a similar position. Now, Arkansas State, you know, they're seven and five on the year. They've, they've gone to, uh, you know, nine bowl games in their, in their career or in their, you know, total. Uh, you, when you think about it, you've got Hugh Freeze, Gus Malzahn, uh, Brian Harson. And then here's Blake Anderson coming in, you know, six, uh, six years there at the helm at Arkansas State, taking him to a bowl game. And, uh, you know, Blake Anderson, uh, you know, really a, a tough year for him. Um, you know, his wife lost, lost the battle to, to, to cancer. And, uh, you know, really, I, I thought it was a, an emotional and really uplifting thing to watch his team respond to him when he came back. Um, you know, he, he was out for a time and, and when he came back to the team, you know, the outpouring of love, you know, I thought that was really special. And, um, you know, he, he's one of those guys that uh, you really want to pull for. Um, you know, when we look at them defensively, uh, Darion Johnson is, is really the, the playmaker there for them. Um, played at Boise state, um, six foot, 205 pounds, um, really a, a, a safety, and, uh, you know, when you look at him, um, over a hundred tackles, seven and a half sacks, uh, I'm sorry, seven and a half tackles for loss an interception, in, uh, to his credit has over eight, uh, 18 tackles for loss in his career, 251 total tackles, a guy who, who plays well in the box, plays a lot behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be getting after James Morgan. Uh, I think at the end of the day with this, you know, FIU, they, they've been in a lot of tough games. Uh, a lot of close games, and you know James Morgan throwing the football. Um, I, I think FIU ends up winning this one, but it's going to be a close game. Uh, Boise State and Washington playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. Now, who would have really thought that these two programs would be playing in the Las Vegas Bowl? I think you'd be expecting both of these programs to be playing in in much bigger bowl settings. Um, you know what's interesting is Chris Peterson taking on his old old program. Um, you know he's stepping down. Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator, is going to be taking over the program. Look, they're seven and five this year, and uh, you know when you look at it, you know in 2015 they were seven and six. Then they go uh, 12 and two, 10 and three, um, you know, and 10 and four, um, you know, under Chris Peterson. And uh, you know with Washington, obviously you talk about them offensively. You got to talk about Jacob Eason first and foremost. Six six, 227 pound junior. We all know his story. He transferred from Georgia to Washington. He's from the Washington area. Grew up just down the street um, from the from the school, uh, and. He has that NFL arm. NFL body, 6'6", 227 pounds, as, as I said. And the, the arm strength is tremendous. The ball just jumps off his hand and effortless, thro- effortless throws you know, into, into tight windows. Ball gets to his receiver in a hurry. Problem is, is he throws that fastball on every single throw. You know, and I studied quite a few of his games in that loss to Colorado, 20 to 14, had a lot of open receivers. Receivers were getting open against that CU defense. The problem was uh, a lot of times what he was doing was uh, he, rather than put it with touch, he was really trying to, to rifle that ball in there and he was overthrowing his receivers and overthrowing them by a lot. And he really needs to work on on putting some more air on under the football, putting you know throwing with more touch. And if he does that, I think he could end up possibly being the number one quarterback in next year's draft. You know, I mean, he has that that type of arm strength. 
um, you know, and, and that athleticism and that potential. Um, you know, I, I remember Drew Locke when I watched him play at Missouri. He lacked a lot of touch. And I thought that that was one of the things that he really developed in his game um, there at Missouri as he started to continue um, to improve as a quarterback in his senior season was really where you saw more of that touch coming from Drew Locke. And that's really why I would love to see Jacob Eason come back for one more year, really work on uh, that, that touch to his game. You know, and obviously if he ends up going to the NFL, he has that potential. Who He's going to be a high draft pick. He could be a first rounder, possibly a second round pick. Um, won't get out of the second round in my opinion. And and the thing with it is, is he's going to need a couple of years to really work on, on his game before he's going to be NFL ready. And that's really why I'd love to see him come back to UW for one more season. 63% completion percentage on the year, uh, 22 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's a quarterback who trusts his arm a little bit too much at times as well. He'll try to fit the ball into some tight windows. But, uh, man, when, when he's got a receiver open, he puts the ball on him um, You know, in a hurry. Uh, he can be very explosive. Now, Hunter Bryant, the tight end, is number one really go-to target. 6'2", 239-pound uh, John Mackey Award finalist is not going to play in the bowl game, deciding instead he's going to sit out and, and get ready for, for the uh, the draft. 52 receptions, 825 uh, yards, three touchdowns. I look at him, I really want to see what he's going to run in the 40 uh, because he could end up being a potential uh, Evan Engram type. That doesn't mean he's going to be a first-round pick, but uh, he's definitely going to be a, a tight end who's going to be taken on day two, and he could potentially be one of those guys. You know, he's, he's a bigger wide receiver out there. He can be split out on, on the outside and the slot as an inline tight end, line up all over the field, kind of like what Evan Engram is able to do. And um, I really want to see... Uh, that 40 time though. How fast is this guy? Because he's able to separate. You see him running, running, uh, you know, some polished routes, you know, from the posts to the corners, uh, the sluggos. You see him run some double moves, uh, out and ups, uh, sluggos, you know, a lot of different routes in, in the route tree for him. And, uh, you know, so that's why I think he's going to be very valuable at the next level. Uh, Salvan Ahmed, the running back, uh, thousand yard rusher for, for, uh, UW going up against the, the Boise State Broncos there. Um, left tackle Trey Adams, 6'8, 314 pound senior. I've had him up, um, you know, in my top five at times, that offensive tackle. And, and you know, I, the more I watch him play, the more I, I just look at him and I say, you know, those injuries are catching up with him. You know, he, he tore his ACL um, and then he came back and had a back injury as a, as a junior. And this was a guy comes back uh, as a redshirt senior, um, you know, to have one more year uh, at UW in Seattle. And he was a guy after his sophomore season looked like one of the more dominant tackles uh, in college football. Um, you know, a, a knee bender moved really well. Uh, got good depth on his uh, on his kick slide. Able to beat the the edge rushers to the edge. Uh, uses his length to his advantage. Got a lot of uh, generated a lot of movement in the running game as well. Um, but man, those injuries. He looks flat footed at times. I mean, there are guys that are just going around him um, as if he's standing still. And that's one of the things that's really concerning is. You know that he's late with his hands. He's late with his feet. Looks to you know at times to get to get too far over his toes, and that's going to create you know some balance issues as well. You know I really wonder. You know is he is he going to end up having a transition and play inside because of of that lack of mobility? Um, that's really a question that uh, that I have on my mind right now. Uh, defensively, you know Elijah Molden, the the DB, 
uh, 5, 5, 10, 190 pound junior, uh, three interceptions, 12 pass breakups uh, to his credit. And then obviously Miles Bryant, he's the, the leader of that secondary, 5'9", 185 pounds. Uh, in Jimmy Lake's defense, that secondary really is, is going to be key and Miles Bryant is kind of the last of of this group of guys. You know, when you had the likes of uh, Kevin King and um, you know a lot of the other other DBs there at at, at UW, and um, Miles Bryant, he's kind of he's undersized, you know, but I think he could be a nickel. I think he could be a you know potentially a Lamarcus Joyner type there at the safety position as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think he'll be a, a late day three pick, but I think he is going to get drafted and he'll get a shot at the next level. Now, Boise State, twelve and one on the year. Um, you haven't missed a bowl game since uh, since two thousand. And you know, Boise, they've been, just been a model of consistency. And this year, Hank Bachmeyer, the freshman, really kind of set the tone for for the the Broncos this season. Um, but uh, Jalen Henderson is really going to be the guy that's going to be starting this year uh, or starting the bowl game. You've got George Alani, the freshman running back, um, 979 yards. Uh, you've got John Hightower is going to be the number one target in the passing game. The receiver, 923 receiving yards. Uh, up front, you're going to have John Molchon, the the guard. Um, who's kind of a, a road grader nastiness to his game as well. He he's one of those guys who could potentially get drafted late in the draft. And then there's Ezra Cleveland. He's 6'6, 310 pound junior, 39 starts to his credit. And, and he's started you know virtually every game since his freshman season. And he, he's he's a junior. He could come out. And if you watch him play, he's so light on his feet, he's very nimble. Uh, and he moves effortlessly, able to mirror guys, short, choppy steps, and he's someone who I think can be one of the better pass blockers in this year's draft. The issue for me with him is his strength, his core strength and just you know strength in general. He's not very powerful. He's very much a finesse player. Um, I want to see him generate more movement in the running game. I think he, I also want to see him really sink into his his pass sets. I think he, his pad level gets a little high at times, and uh, because of that, he can get knocked back with a with a decent bull rush and uh, get off balance, and then ultimately get beaten off the edge. And, and I think a lot of good pass rushers are going to take advantage of that. Um, I think I want to see him come back one more year get some more core strength, really add some power to his game. You know, take a page out of Liam Eikenberg at Notre Dame. Take a page out of his book. You know, I think he's another guy who's light on his feet but needs a little bit more power to his game. Ezra Cleveland, I, I think, could end up potentially being a first-round pick in next year's draft. Um, you know, This year, I think you're probably talking about you know, sometime in day two, probably you know, a third-round pick just because you – know, you need to have some of that. You know, he may end up being a second round pick, but he, you need to have some of that physicality to you. And I think that's what he's really lacking in his game. Defensively, how can you not talk about Boise State without first leading with Curtis Weaver, 6'3, 265 pound junior? If you listen to my podcast, you know that I love watching Curtis Weaver play. It reminds me a lot of Derek Barnett. I think the same body type and, uh, you know, uh, let's see, Barnett. Going to the Eagles in the, in the middle of round one, and I think you know Curtis Weaver has a chance to be a top twenty pick when it's all said and done. I don't think he gets out of the top twenty five, 
Um, but a guy who just knows how to get after the quarterback. 19 and a half tackles for loss, 13 and a half sacks. You know, I think he's got tremendous you know, core strength to be able to, to turn the, the corner, get underneath uh, uh, tackle pad level, uses his hands very well. I think it's one of the things that you definitely see. You know, I think if, if an offensive tackle gets his hands on Curtis Weaver, he's going to struggle to get off blocks. That's why I, I, I really want to see him um, you know, use, use those hands and, uh, you know, the, the secondary moves, you see those, you know, I, I think he's got a, you know, some, some nice, um, counter moves, the ability to spin move back to the inside, um, uses his hands, like I said, very well, um, uses the club move, rip, um, arm over and, uh, a guy who just tireless worker keeps working to the quarterback. Um, a lot of fun to watch. You know, keep an eye on number 99. I think he's going to be wreaking havoc. And he's going to be the guy that's going to put pressure on Jacob Eason. And, uh, you know, Eason, you know, let's see what happens when, when Curtis Weaver gets in his face a couple of times during that game. What's How is he going to respond? Is he going to to panic? Is he going to try to force things? Or are we going to see some poise in the pocket? Are we going to see him slide, um, you know, and buy some time and uh, then set his feet and fire a, a dart? Um, that's really going to be the the interesting matchup for me. And then in the secondary, Kikoa Nawahine is the guy that really leads that secondary. That senior safety, uh, you know, a, a guy who you know known for for playing in the box, but uh, I think he's underrated when he drops uh, and, and playing over the top. And then the corner is likely going to be covering Aaron Fuller, the the receiver, the senior receiver, um, is Avery Williams. He's five nine, hundred ninety eight pounds. Four interceptions, 21 pass breakups in his career. He's a guy that teams really try to shy away from because he has some pretty decent ball skills. Um, but he is five foot nine, so you know some of the bigger receivers there. Um, you know, I think you know Terrell Bynum uh, could potentially be another guy that's going to be matched up with Avery Williams. Uh, that height advantage is, is really what uh, is going to be concerning there. I think you know at the end of the day, I think Boise State um, will play some ball control that defense. Um, is is going to play tough, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and go Washington. You know, just because they're seven and five, you know, doesn't mean that uh, you know Washington. You know, I think they're going to try to send Chris Peterson out on a high note, and uh, you know, I I think Eason coupled with Wasavan Ahmed running the football. I think you know opportunistic uh, defensive backs. I think Jimmy Lake. Um, you know, you've got a young quarterback there for Boise State. I think he's going to make. Uh, that quarterback's life miserable. You know, Keaton Slovis, um, you know, didn't get to play against against Washington, but Matt Fink did, and uh, Matt Fink, the third string quarterback there for USC, really struggled against Washington. Uh, threw multiple picks, three picks in that game, um, really, you know, fooling him more often than not. So I, I think Jimmy Lake is going to come in with a game plan to do just that with Jalen Henderson, Hank Bachmeyer, whoever's going to be playing quarterback for the Broncos. I'm going to go Washington there in the Las Vegas Bowl. Now moving on to the New Orleans Bowl, Appalachian State and UAB. This is a sneaky good game. Um, you know, I think with Appalachian State, 12-1 and on the year. Eli Drinkwitz is gone. He's heading to Missouri. Uh, Sean Clark is really taking over there, taking over the helm. And, uh, you know, they, they, they went to bowl games under Scott Satterfield, Eli Drinkwitz really taking Satterfield's team and, and elevating their, their, their status there as a 12 and one program. And then Sean Clark's going to be the guy that's going to be taking over the, uh, the, you know, at least on an interim basis. Um, 
Zach Thomas, the quarterback, he's only a junior, 6'1", 210 pounds, 63% completion percentage, over 2,500 yards this year, um, 26 touchdowns, just six interceptions, uh, 412 yards on the ground and seven touchdowns. Um, so he's a tremendous athlete, uh, a guy who does a really good job extending plays, getting outside the pocket, keeping his eyes down the football field, but he also knows when to pull it and run. Um, I think probably their best, uh, one of their their best draft prospects uh, on offense is only a junior, and that's Darrington Evans. He's 5'11", 200 pounds, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, over 1,300 yards this year, 17 touchdowns, also has 36 career receptions. Um, Evans is someone I I really enjoy watching run. Um, I, I think he runs with, with an attitude, with purpose, has a, a pretty good burst on the outside, can run away from you a little bit. Good vision, puts his foot in the ground, gets north and south. Very decisive runner. Um, if you haven't gotten to watch him play yet, he's one of the better group of five running backs in all of college football. Um, offensive tackle Victor Johnson is someone who's going to get a look. He has 55 starts to his credit, 6'5", 295 pounds. I think he's still raw. I think he's still learning the game uh, a, a little bit. You know, you, you watch him, he, the, the hand usage is a little inconsistent. Um, you know, the hands and the feet don't always work together and and the legs um but he's somebody who is is definitely very athletic uh, a guy who moves very well for his size and uh, has you know really with his frame he could probably put on another 20 pounds and uh, not lose any of that that quickness he he's somebody who I think is going to be a day 3 pick and somebody who may end up sticking with the team because of his athleticism. Now, defensively for the Mountaineers, the the, the top guy to keep really keep an eye on is is Akeem Davis Gaither, 6'2", 215 pounds, tremendous tremendous athlete. That's really what you look at. He's one of those new age um, outside linebacker safety hybrids. Um, just under 200 tackles in his career, 23 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks, 13 pass breakups, tremendous length. Uh, a guy who has sideline to sideline range can drop into coverage a little bit. He's not going to be a guy who's going to come off the field on third downs. He's going to be someone who can play in the box, can can get after the running game, and then can also drop back and cover a little bit and uh, you know drop into zone coverage, read the quarterback's eyes, and make a play on the football. Jordan Fair is is another linebacker who's a, he's intriguing. What's interesting about him, uh, he's the the leading tackler. Uh, Davis Gaither, number two tackler for the team, six three, two hundred thirty pounds is is Fair. Um, you know, 96 tackles this year, eight tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. They say he benches 430 pounds and potentially could run uh, sub four five. Um, you know, and, and so I, I think when you're talking about some of those numbers, the strength and the speed, you could potentially see teams really perking up and really wanting to to study him a little bit more. And just from that athletic standpoint, man, you can put him on special teams and let him run around and make plays. Um, Desmond Franklin is going to be the the playmaker there in the secondary. Six foot, two hundred five pounds, um, eight interceptions, seventeen pass breakups to his credit. Has some decent ball skills. He's going to be someone to keep an eye out on, um, and he could be in one of those you know that opportunistic defense. You know they've got uh, the five nine sophomore Sean Jolly who has five interceptions. Um, they're going to be getting after Tyler Johnston, who I think is going to end up being the quarterback that's starting. 58% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's really going to be the, the big thing and the big day uh, for Appalachian State. I think they're going to end up beating the Blazers because of um, that opportunistic defense really getting after Tyler Johnston. 
you know, is Spencer Brown healthy, the running back? That's going to be the big question for UAB offensively. Six foot, 230 pounds as a junior, one year removed from, from just a, a, an explosive year, um, you know, over a thousand yards. And, you know, injuries really have kind of hurt him. And, uh, you know, when you talk about, about him, when you look at him, 26 touchdowns in, in his first two seasons. And, uh, as a junior, just 527 yards in 11 games, five touchdowns, um, He's a thumper between the between the tackles. Good vision. Has a decent burst to the hole. He's not going to run away from you, but uh, he, he runs with power. Um, has some good quickness to him. And then if Tyler Johnson, as far as airing the football out, he's got a receiver, a junior, Austin Watkins, 6'3", 205 pounds. He's going to be someone that um, could be a factor in the 2021 draft. Over 900 yards receiving, five touchdowns, 19.9 yards per reception. Has good length and uh, a guy who is a receiving threat down the football field. Um, UAB has one of the better defenses and really just one of the better stories overall. Um, This was a program, when you look at them, they, they started their program in uh, 1996, Watson Brown took him to one bowl game. Then you had Neil Calloway, um, Garrick McGee, and then Bill Clark really taking over. Um, and uh, in 2015 and 2016, there was no um, no team. They, they folded up shop. And, and since then, Bill Clark has taken him to a bowl game in 2017, 2018, and 2019. You know, and, and really, when you look at that, that's remarkable. Watson Brown took him to the one bowl game that UAB had been in. And in the last three years, Bill Clark has had UAB in a bowl game every single year. And uh, you know what he's done with the Blazers, bringing that football program back and making them relevant right off the bat. Tremendous, tremendous job. Uh, defensively, they're being led by, by Chris, Chris Mole. A uh, 6'1", 215-pound safety live, uh, linebacker hybrid type of guy. 93 tackles, 15 going for loss, 8 sacks. You know, a guy who, who makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. And then you have the 26-year-old Garrett Marino up front. 6'2", 290 pounds. Um, you know, when you look at him, he's, he's someone who's going to make some plays behind the line of scrimmage. Over 21 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, seven pass breakups, has a high motor, um, hasn't really made the impact this year that I was really expecting. I was expecting to really make a huge jump this year. Just haven't seen that. But UAB is one of the better teams statistically on the defensive side of the football. Um, so I think that's what's going to make things interesting is taking strength on strength, UAB's defense versus Appalachian State's offense. I think at the end of the day, Appalachian State's way too much, you know, way too much firepower. I think they end up winning that game going away. It's, it could be a sneaky good game, especially if Spencer Brown's healthy, but I, I still think Appalachian State is going to end up rolling in that game. Moving on to Monday. Monday, December 23rd. Just a couple of days before Christmas. And uh, you've got... UCF, Central Florida, taking on Marshall in the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, the bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl, one of my favorite names to a bowl game this year. And uh, UCF, 9-3 and three on the year. Um, you know, after you had Scott Frost, 13-0. Josh Heupel goes 12-1. Uh, 12 
you know, and, and they're used to going to the big bowl games, you know, the Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. Now they're at the Gasparilla Bowl at nine and three. You know, a lot of programs would take that, but this is kind of almost feeling like a step back for the program. Um, Dylan Gabriel filling in as a freshman, you know, obviously Mackenzie Milton, you know, with, with his injury, but it's a six foot, 186 pounds, freshman All-American, 59% completion percentage, uh, over 3,300 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's only six feet tall, but he's not a guy who's really going to pull the ball and run it. Uh, his favorite target on the outside is Gabriel Davis, 6'3", 212-pound junior, um, 83 receptions, over uh, 900 yards, seven touchdowns. He's a playmaker on the outside. He's big. He's physical. Uh, he's, a, he's a downfield threat. Uses his length to his advantage. Gets some late separation. Can win those 50-50 balls. But you know the problem for, for Gabriel Davis, he is coming out and he's entering the draft. There are a lot of receivers that look just like him. And so how's he going to separate himself from some of these other guys? That's really what's going to be key in this pre-draft process because you know I could find five or six guys who fit that exact same mold, the big physical receivers. Gabriel Davis, you know, I would have loved to have seen him come back one more year, work with with uh Dylan Gabriel, and then enter the 2021 draft. You know, this draft class this year is is scary good. Um, and having Gabriel Davis in it is obviously going to help some of that depth um on on day two, day three. Um but I, man, I wish he would have come back for one more year. And then they have the three-headed monster in the backfield. You know, they've got Otis Anderson, uh, 5'11", 174 pounds, uh, receiver, running back, does a little bit of everything, over 600 yards on the ground, 72 career receptions. Adrian Killens is a home run threat. He's the speedster, 5'8", 164 pounds. Um, you know, very slight, but man, you put him in the open field, he's running away from anybody. Track speed. Uh, 629 yards on the ground, uh, 70 receptions to his career, 7.2 yards per carry. And then there's Greg McCray, 5'10", 175 pounds. You know, he, he's probably the, the guy who's going to run the ball between the tackles more often than not. 133 carries um, you know, for over 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns. And uh, they're going to put, put a lot of pressure on you running the football, which is going to open up that passing attack for Dylan Gabriel. And uh, up front uh, on the offensive line, the center, Jordan Johnson, is the veteran. 50 starts to his credit, 6'2", 320 pounds. He's going to get a look at the next level. Um, might be a late day three pick. You know, Defensively for them, they've got three guys who are really the, the guys to keep an eye out for. Nate Evans, the linebacker, 6'1", 241 pounds, over 100 tackles. Uh, to lead the team, Richie Grant is the playmaker in the backfield. In the, in, I'm sorry, in, in the in the secondary, six foot, 194 pounds, over 100 tackles, six interceptions in 2018. Numbers don't quite match that in 2019, but uh, definitely a guy that you have to be on the lookout for. He's the leader of that secondary, and then up front is is Brendan Hayes, six three, 293 pounds. Uh, 22 and a half tackles for loss, 11 sacks in his career. He's somebody who I can potentially see as a a five technique in a in a 34 defense. Uh, one of those guys who could end up possibly being a better pro than he was a college player. For Marshall, Doc Holiday, man, the uh, thundering herd, eight and four on the year. Doc Holiday, uh, 10 years at Marshall, been to seven bowls back to back in the Gasparilla Bowl, and uh, when you think of them. Offensively, obviously, you have Isaiah Green throwing the football. Um, you know, 14 touchdowns, just four interceptions, athletic quarterback. But Brendan Knox, 
you know, six foot, two hundred twenty pounds, sophomore running back, thousand uh, yard rusher, eleven touchdowns, a guy who can be physical between the tackles, runs with a forward lean, runs through contact, very powerful runner. Um, he's gonna, I think, give UCF's defense some trouble. And then there's Xavier Gaines. Man, this guy plays a little bit of everything. Quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. Lines up all over the place. 6'2", 221-pound junior. Um, they're going to try to get the ball in his hands in a variety of ways. Uh, defensively, the top draft prospect is going to be Chris Jackson, the corner. Six foot, 186 pounds, ball skills for days. Seven interceptions, 45 pass breakups to his credit. This is a guy who's a lot of fun to watch, knows what to do when he arrives at the football, attacks the catch point, uh, does a really good job understanding routes, undercutting receivers, um, and, and making plays on the football. And then if you're looking for a linebacker, Omar, Omari Cobb has really good size, 6'4", 223 pounds, 107 tackles, uh, 17 pa- uh, tackles for loss, couple of sacks to his credit as well flies around plays sideline to sideline can get north and south as well um i think ucf just has too much firepower uh going for them i think ucf ends up winning that one um moving on to tuesday christmas eve uh hawaii taking on byu in the hawaii bowl and um when you think about hawaii uh they're nine and five they went to the mountain west championship game lost to boise state um you know, Nick Rolovich taking him to a bowl game in three of the last four years. They've actually been to the Hawaii Bowl in each of those those years. And they're led by their quarterback, Cole McDonald. You know, if you were talking about quarterback uh, who was going to lead, you know, be one of the, the, the guys that could be a potential uh, first-round draft pick and, and one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, a lot of people were talking about Cole McDonald and, and Jordan Love in that same conversation. I mean, he had a tremendous 2018. Everyone was expecting him to build off of that and uh, had a rocky start. I mean, he had 14 interceptions, and eight of those were thrown in the first three games. Against Arizona, he throws four interceptions, gets benched in favor of a freshman. Uh, you know, Shevin Cordero had to come in and finish that game out. Ends up throwing three picks against uh, Washington, and uh, also threw a pick against uh, against Oregon State. Um, but he he rebounded. You know he ended ended up with the year completing sixty four percent of his passes, over thirty six hundred yards, twenty nine touchdowns, and as I said, fourteen interceptions. Um, he he's one of those guys. He's a gunslinger, man. He's going to get outside the pocket. He's going to try to extend plays uh, with his legs whenever he can. Keeps his eyes down the field, trying to find a play. But he's going to throw the ball, you know, across his body over the middle late. He's going to make some ill-advised throws. He's going to try to fit the ball into some tight windows. Try to throw the ball late. Um, you know, and he needs to work on some of his anticipation. Has tremendous arm strength. Can throw the football down the field 50, 60 yards. Um, but again, he, he's going to have to be smart with the football if they're going to want to beat BYU. Uh, the running back, Miles Reed, 5'8", 185 pounds, over 800 yards on the ground. Not much of a factor in the passing game, though. Uh, but when you've got uh, a pair of, of of diminutive receivers, they're both 5'9", 175 pounds, Cedric Bird, JoJo Ward, I think they're both going to get a look as a potential slot receiver. Teams are always looking for the next Cole Beasley. You know, who's going to be the next Cole Beasley? And, and these are two guys... Um, you know, when you look at the look at what they do, um, each of them, you know, Cedric Bird, 174 receptions, over 2,000 yards, 19 touchdowns. JoJo Ward, um, you know, 109 receptions, 1,840 yards, 20 touchdowns. They're both, you know, I, I think 
Jojo Ward just have more of the the splash plays, the guy who's going to get vertical on you. Cedric Bird is one of those guys who's going to work the middle of the field, uh, both very sudden in and out of their breaks. Um, I don't know if they're going to get invited to the combine, um, but I think their 40 times are going to be critical to their success. They are sudden with their routes. They may be faster or quicker than fast, um, but that's what's going to make things interesting. Then if you're looking for a guy who uh, up front for uh, Hawaii, how about Il Manning, the left tackle? You know, a guy who I, I believe is still under 300 pounds, uh, but a very easy mover, shows some pretty good power, still raw, and it's going to be a developmental prospect, only a sophomore, but he's somebody to keep an eye out for up front. Um, defensively, you know, I really look at uh, at their at their defensive backs. You know, they don't have anybody um, up front who's going to get after the quarterback. They don't have anybody with more than three sacks um, on the roster. But Cortez Davis, 5'11", junior, has some pretty good ball skills, 11 pass breakups to his name. And then Rogesterman and Ferris, you know, 6'1", 180 pounds, 25 pass breakups, four interceptions in his career. I was really expecting him to take a, a big leap forward in his senior season, but he's somebody who I think he takes some, you know, takes some chances, um, gets aggressive at times, eyes in the backfield, susceptible for double moves, got beat quite often, and, uh, you know, it, frankly, his, his junior tape is better than senior year, um, so I think it's it's going to be a struggle for him to potentially get drafted. Um, now, for BYU, seven and five on the year. Uh, you know, this is a team that expects to go to bowl games. I mean, they went to a bowl game in each of the eleven seasons that uh, Bronco Mendenhall was coaching here. Kalani Sataki is has taken over the helm. You know, they had a nice upset win over USC in overtime. Um, you know, they're led by their sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson. Um, you know, six feet, two hundred three pounds. Um, very mobile quarterback. Six four. Uh, I'm sorry, sixty four percent completion percentage. Over thirty six hundred yards. Twenty three touchdowns. Ten interceptions. Um, you know, a guy who, you know, he was a gamer, man. Against USC, he was one of those guys who just willed his team to victory. When you have a guy like that at quarterback, it can make for a very special, special um, moment. And then the, the tight end. The junior tight end, Matt Bushman, he's going to be an NFL tight end. 6'5", 245 pounds, um, 119 receptions, over 1,600 yards, 9 touchdowns to his credit. Um, this past season, 41 receptions, 597 yards, 4 touchdowns. Um, not the fastest guy, but he's still a weapon up the seam and uh, somebody who I think you know is still developing as a blocker, but a guy who, again, I think he's going to be an NFL uh, tight end. I don't know if he's going to come out in this year's draft. This is kind of a, a, a weak draft class for tight ends in terms of the overall depth, but um, you know it'd be interesting to see what happens there. I think at the end of the day with this game, um, you know you can never count out Zach Wilson um, at quarterback, but I'm going to go with Hawaii. I, I think Cole McDonald and the explosiveness on offense. I think that's ultimately what's going to do in uh, the Cougars there. So Independence Bowl. Louisiana Tech taking on Miami. Miami 6-6, six and six, fought their way to a bowl game with Manny Diaz uh, in his first year at quarterback or, I mean, at, at head coach. And uh, the quarterback, Jaron Williams, six, uh, 62% completion percentage, uh, just over 2,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He has to be counting his lucky star, you know, thanking his lucky stars that he's not going to have to go up against the Meek Robertson. You know, 5'9", 183 pounds. You want to talk about a guy with ball skills. A guy, you know, if you haven't heard of him, you know, you haven't gotten a chance to watch a very special player. You know, not only 
Uh, does he have 184 tackles in just three seasons there at, at Louisiana Tech? But you know, 23 tackles for loss as well. Makes plays behind the line of scrimmage. 14 interceptions. Um, and then 34 pass breakups. You know, he's he's just a guy who has a nose for the ball. He'll probably end up you know moving to nickel at the next level, but I think he can be one of those elite elite nickel corners. And um, man, you know he, he'll probably be a, a second round pick, but you know we could potentially be talking about him being one of the steals of the, of the draft. And, and even though Robertson isn't playing, we are going to see Legarius Sneed, six one hundred ninety three pounds. He's got some decent ball skills himself. Six interceptions, seventeen pass breakups to his credit. Um, you know, and, and he's one of those guys, he's going to be called upon to really, um, you know, take on, you know, KJ Osborne, you know, Jeff's Thomas dealing with a back injury. He's already come out and said that he's not going to be go- uh, attending the bowl game because he'll be, uh, focused on the draft five, 10, 174 pounds. And, and frankly, I would have loved to have seen him come back for one more year. You know, he's a speedster. He's one of those guys who's going to get vertical, but look, you know, you look at the numbers overall, not the most impressive, uh, in terms of numbers, 80, just 83 receptions, 1,316 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, again, you know, part of that too, though, is is the quarterback play has been suspect there. Um, he's really going to have to show, you know, he'll probably end up being, getting invited to the combine. He's going to have to really impress people with his workouts. KJ Osborne, the six foot, 206 pound transfer from Buffalo. Um, in 2018, um, 83 receptions, over 800 yards, 892, and, and seven touchdowns. Um, 2019 comes to, to the Hurricanes. Quarterback play struggled, and uh, you know, 43 catches is 491 yards, five touchdowns. But look, he's a veteran. He's a savvy route runner. Can get vertical at times. Can get behind the defense. Um, finds the voids in the zone. He's a very intelligent receiver. But again. Deep draft class, he'll probably end up being, I'm going to guess he's going to be a sixth-round pick when it's all said and done. Um, you know, Brevin Jordan, the tight end, battling a foot injury, 35 catches, 495 yards, two touchdowns, Mackey Award finalist. He's a lot of fun to watch, and he'll be a factor in next year's draft. Um, DJ Dallas, the running back, um, dislocated elbow. He's out. Uh, junior, you know, physical runner, Um I think the injury really took out any chance of him potentially coming out for the draft. Um, so the Hurricanes going to be struggling a little bit, you know, offensively to try to to put, to, to run the football. I think they're going to put some more pressure there on Jaron Williams throwing the ball. Uh, defensively, man, when you talk about it, it seems like Shaq Quarterman and uh, and Michael Pinkney have been there forever, along with with Zach McLeod. Uh, Shaq Quarterman, really the the anchor of that defense, has started every game in his career at uh, with the Hurricanes. 6'1", 241 pounds, 30, 345 tackles, uh, over 40 tackles for loss, 12 uh, sacks, 13 pass breakups. He's someone who plays downhill, thumper style. Reminds me a lot of Denzel Perryman um, in that regard. He gets lost at times in coverage, but I think when he drops into zone and you know is allowed to just spy the quarterback, read the quarterback's eyes, I think he's able to to play in space a little bit more, and I think he's improved his draft stock as the games you know as the season's gone along, um, really showing out. You know he's he's leading the team in tackles yet again, uh, just a, a a tremendous linebacker, and I think he's one of those guys who I think he a lot of the 
draft prospects, you know, that a lot of the the experts are are putting out on him, he'll probably end up getting drafted a little bit higher than everyone has him slated, just because he, he's just a he, he's a gamer, he's intelligent, and uh, he's durable, and uh, he just makes plays. You know, he, he's a he's a you know the the leader of that defense. When you think of uh, the Hurricanes defensively, you think Shaq Quarterman. Uh, Michael Pinckney, I mentioned him earlier, 6'1", 226 pounds. He's got over 200 tackles to his credit, 42 tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks. Um, he's going to be an outside backer, probably a weak side backer in the league. And uh, I think he'll have a chance. You know, he, He's one of those guys, he's not very flashy, but somebody who just gets the job done. Trevin Hill, on the other hand, 6'3", 238 pounds. Uh, 29 and a half tackles for loss, 16 sacks. The transfer from Louisville uh, got himself into trouble at Louisville. I'm sorry, at uh, Virginia Tech. Moved to and moved on to uh, to Miami, and um, you know a guy who makes some splash plays, but I don't think you see that consistency from him, and that's really what worries me about. Uh, Trevin Hill is—is is he going to be a guy that's going to be consistently getting after the quarterback? I think that's a big question mark right now. I really don't know what you're going to see there uh, from him. Gregory Rousseau, though, six-six, two hundred fifty pound, uh, two hundred fifty-one pound redshirt freshman, and you want to talk about a beast, man. Fourteen sacks—you know, just tremendous length and has a quick burst off the football. He's going to be a guy that's going to be living in the backfield and really pressuring Jamar Smith, uh, the quarterback there. 65% completion percentage, uh, 17 touchdowns, just four interceptions. Um, He's got Justin Anderson, uh, a 5'11", 218-pound back, um, who's rushed for over uh, 900 yards and 15 touchdowns. Um, Adrian Hardy is the the receiver, who the 6'2", 200-pound receiver, um, who's going to be leading that receiving core. I think Louisiana Tech gets it done. I think they end up beating Miami. Miami's got a ton of injuries. Um, and I, I think Louisiana Tech, even without uh, Amik Robertson on, on defense, I think they get they find a way to get it done. Uh, Pittsburgh taking on Eastern Michigan in the Quick Lane Bowl. And uh, Pat Narduzzi, you know, 7-5 yet again. You know, he's taking him to a bowl in four out of his five years. There with the program, Kenny Pickett, um, junior quarterback, 6'2", 225 pounds, and um, you know over 2,700 yards passing, um, but uh, makes a lot of mistakes um, throwing the football as well. Doesn't always you know make the right decision with the football. Um, his top target is Maurice French. Um, he's battling a jaw injury. Don't know if he's going to be coming out or not, but he is that top target that that weapon for them. And uh, defensively, um, they've got a bunch of guys in the secondary that are going to be fun to watch. you got DeMar Hamlin, the safety, um, 6'1", 195 pounds, um, just under 200 tackles in his career, 15 pass breakups uh, to his credit as well. Um, Dane Jackson, the corner, 6'1", 190 pounds, um, excellent ball skills, 39 pass breakups to his, uh, to his credit, 43 total passes defended. And then, you know, Rashad Weaver going down to injury, you know, 6'5", 270-pound defensive end. Um, you really, you know, tore his ACL before the season even began, out for the year. Um, you know, six and a half sacks as a sophomore, really expecting a big year. Who was going to be the guy to put pressure on the quarterback? 
Steps, uh, stepping in is sophomore Jalen Twyman, 6'2", 290 pounds, 12 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks to really lead them. Uh, and I think Pitt ends up getting this done against uh, uh, Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan doesn't have a, a guy on the roster that's going to be the Max Crosby type, but I'll give you a couple of names to watch out for. Uh, Shaq Van is the, is the running back. Uh, 5'10", 222 pounds, over 2,000 yards, 23 touchdowns in his career. Uh, and then defensively, Brody Hoying, the safety. Um, you know, a guy has a 10 pass breakups and, uh, uh, let's see, 11 tackles for loss in 2018, 19 total in his career. Um, a guy who knows how to play uh, in opposing backfields. And look, I, I got to take you. You got to take your hat off to Chris Creighton and what he's done there at Eastern Michigan. Uh, three out of the six years, taking him to a bowl game. Um, you know, really, you know, quite impressive. Um, let's see. You know, the only other bowl game that they went to since 1975, when they when they first were introduced to Division One was in 1987. You know, the 10-2 and two Eagles ultimately went to the California Bowl. Um, you know, and so, but Chris Creighton taking him to a bowl game in three three out of the last six years. He's going to be one of those names that before long, he's going to end up getting a Power 5 job. Friday, November 27th. These are the games that are really going to round out uh, the first week of bowl action starts with North Carolina taking on Temple in the military bowl. Freshman Sam Howell really leading Mac Brown's team. You know, and if you remember the Tar Heels six and six on the year, they were just a two point conversion away from beating Clemson, who's undefeated, you know, snapping that undefeated streak. And who knows if Clemson would have made it to the college football playoff with that one loss. But Sam Howell, 6'1, 225 pounds, 60% completion percentage, over 3,300 yards passing, 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Howell, Gabriel, Keaton Slovis, excellent quarterback play out of the freshman. Uh, you throw in uh, Jaden Daniels there at, uh, at, at Arizona State, some tremendous, tremendous freshmen. Um, They've got two running backs, really a two-headed monster there. The junior, Michael Carter, 5'10", 200 pounds, over 900 yards on the ground. And Javante Williams, uh, 5'10", 215 pounds sophomore. You know, a couple of guys that are going to pound the ball between the tackles. Um, they've got junior Daz Newsom um, and, and Deani Brown, the sophomore, uh, both 5'11", 190 pounds, um, over and what's crazy, too, is they're about the same height, same weight, and they both ended up uh, with 947 receiving yards. Go figure. But uh, their best draft prospect um, on the roster is going to be the left tackle, Charlie Heck. 6'8", 315 pounds, the veteran. Seems like he's he, he's been the uh, a staple there up front. Um, you know, his footwork, you know, he needs to work on that a little bit, but he has tremendous length, good power. Uh, initial punch at the point of attack is, is something that uh, you know also uh, you know it, something to to take notice of. Um, defensively, they've got Chas Surratt, 6'3", 230 pounds. Was a quarterback in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Decides to move to the defensive side of the football, and man, I think he's he's you know really turned into a pro prospect. Uh, one hundred and ten tackles this year, six sacks. 
you know, and he's somebody who's just going to continue to get better as he continues to learn the linebacker position. Um, he's going to be the guy that's going to be putting pressure on Anthony Russo, the quarterback there for Temple. 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, just 58% completion percentage. Um, you know, when we talk about freshman quarterbacks, you also have to mention freshman running backs. Remon Davis, 5'9", 210 pounds, over 900 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns, freshman All-American. Uh, and then the, the receiver, you know, Isaiah Wright is the guy that gets all the hype you know, because he's 6'2", 200 pounds, athlete, a guy who can run the ball, you know, good receiver, has five uh, touchdowns in the return game, two uh, kickoff returns and three punts uh, return for touchdown. But really the receiver that's going to be a breakout star is uh, Jaden Blue, six foot, 185-pound sophomore, over 900 yards uh, on 87 receptions, four touchdowns. Um, he's that name. He's going to be that name to watch. Um, but my favorite player for them is Matt Hennessy, the junior center, uh, 34 starts to his credit, upper body injury. He's questionable, um, but check this out from Pro Football Focus uh, as, a, as a sophomore. Um, 0.6% rate of pressures. That means zero sacks, two pressures, and 329 pass blocks. I mean, that's that's tremendous there at the center position. He was a Remington Award finalist. That award ultimately went to Tyler Beattis. But when you look at Matt Hennessy, you know, he's only a junior, 6'4", 295 pounds. Could he come out? I think there's a there's a, a chance that he could. I've been higher than, than most on him. I think he's one of those guys who I think you know could end up having a long, sustained NFL career. Now, defensively, they've got a trio of linebackers who are, are a lot of fun to watch, and they're around the same size. At least two of them are. Sean Bradley, Chappelle Br- uh, Russell, both 6'1", 230 pounds. Both of them have about 230 tackles to their to their credit. Um, you know, Bradley with 22 tackles for loss. Russell with 18 and a half tackles for loss. Um, you know, Bradley's the guy who, who really plays a lot behind the line of scrimmage. A guy who's going to, um, you know, really be you know a downhill defender, um, shooting into the backfield, making plays um, against the run. Chappelle Brown's going to be a guy has nine pass breakups. He's going to drop into into coverage, can play in space a little bit as well. And then Sam Franklin, six three two ten, hybrid linebacker safety type, um, one hundred eighty eight tackles to his credit, um, twenty four tackles for loss, eight sacks. Um, I think all three of those guys are you know could be drafted. They're going to be day three guys. Going to be some guys that are going to add some depth to to some teams. Going to be some special teams performers special team standouts, but I think there's also guys who can end up making an NFL roster um, on the defensive side of the football as well. Harrison Hand, the corner, six six foot, 192 pounds. Uh, the Baylor transfer in his first year, three interceptions, five pass breakups. When you watch him play, you like the way that you know that that he plays. Always seems to be in phase. Always seems to be in the right right place at the right time. And, and really, just only five pass breakups. But you know, teams really weren't wanting to go his way. And then there's Quincy Roche. He's only a junior. Uh, 6'4", 235 pounds, but all he does is get after the quarterback. 38.5 tackles for loss, 26 sacks, very explosive coming off the edge. I don't anticipate him coming out this year. Um, he's not really the name, you know, a name that a lot of people are really familiar with. And, you know, you really love to see him come back, play one more year there for the Temple Owls. Um, you know, Rod Carey's done a tremendous job in his first year there after Matt Rule left. Um, you know, eight and four therefore for the temple owls and um 
no, I think it's going to be interesting to see what what ends up happening there with Quincy Roche. Just a guy, you know, he's been a model of consistency, you know, living in opposing backfields, getting after the quarterback, so explosive off the football. He's going to be a guy who's going to be pressuring Sam Howell early and often. I expect Temple to end up winning this game when it's all said and done. Michigan State taking on Wake Forest in the Pinstripe Bowl. So Michigan State, you know, you've got Mark D'Antonio. Um, he's only missed a bowl game once in uh, in his 13 years there with the program, and uh, you know, six and six. I mean, this is his third year with six or fewer wins. Um, you know, and, and Brian Lewerke, the quarterback, 6'3", 216 pounds. Uh, 57% completion percentage in his career, 46 touchdowns, but 31 interceptions must cut down on the mistakes. You know, the, the receiver top target is Cody white. He's a junior 6'3, 215 pounds, big wide receiver over 800 yards receiving, but Daryl Stewart's really going to be the guy. Is he going to be healthy? Has a leg injury that he's been battling 6'2, 216 pound senior, a physical player. That's one of the things that I really like is, is he's physical. He's willing to go over the middle Make the tough tough catches in traffic. He's one of those guys. He's going to grind it out. May not be the fastest guy, but somebody who I think is going to be, um, you know, a viable option at the next level. And then uh, defensively, obviously, you've got Kenny Willick as the Burlsworth uh, Trophy winner as the the top former walk on six four two hundred sixty sixty pounds. He'll be a day day two guy. Um, is he going to be a defensive end? Is he going to end up being uh, an outside linebacker? You know. I, I think it all kind of depends on on uh, you know, how he tests more than anything else. But 47 and a half sa- uh, tackles for loss, 22 sacks to his credit. Um, just a guy who plays uh, nonstop motor. I've compared him to uh, Chase Winovich at times, um, but he's kind of disappeared down the stretch. And that's really the biggest concern more than anything else is, is he going to be somebody who's going to be um, you know, making plays game in and game out? Raekwon Williams... Uh, he's he's the man up front. You know, six four three zero three. He's the man in the middle. Twenty eight and a half tackles for loss. Eleven and a half sacks to his credit. Eight pass breakups. He's one of those guys when his pad level stays low because he does. Get, you know that pad level will creep up and offensive linemen will get underneath them and really drive him off the football. But if he can keep that pad level low, he's stout at the point of attack and he's got a good quickness, a good arm over to uh, to beat the the center and shoot into the backfield. Um, he's somebody who can pose some problems there for Wake Forest. Um, when you look at Wake Forest, they're just riddled with injuries. You know, J- Jamie Newman, their quarterback, dealing with a right leg injury, um, he might be out. Um, but it sounds like he'll probably suit up and play. Uh, he, he's an intriguing prospect, by the way. 6'4", 230-pound junior, over 62% completion percentage. Um and uh, you know, 23 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Also, third leading rusher, 487 yards on the ground. Um, but his top receiver, Sage Surratt, is out. And Sage Surratt, to me, you know, there's a chance he can end up coming at and entering the draft. But he's dealing with the shoulder injury, 6'3", 215 pounds. A guy who got vertical. And really, when Wake Forest was winning ball games and they were undefeated and ranked highly, um, you know, Sage Surratt was a big reason why. He was just a guy who just couldn't be covered on the outside. So physical, and yet he was able to separate a guy who was able to, you know, they, they throw a, a back shoulder throw and, and able to adjust the football in the air. So effortless. Um, still over 1,000 yards through nine games, 11 touchdowns. Um, he'll be missed. 
And then you're talking about Scotty Washington, the big 6'5", 225-pound receiver out there. He's questionable as well. He struggled with his hands, though, throughout the season. Uh, Jack Frudenthal, the 6'3", 235-pound tight end. I bet you he ends up making a roster when it's all said and done, possibly on the, on a practice squad. But 31 catches, four touchdowns there. Um, he was a go-to target at times in the red zone for Jamie Newman. And then the left tackle, Justin Heron. He came off an ACL tear in the first game in, in 2018 against Tulane. 49 starts to his credit, 6'5", 290 pounds. You think about some of these offensive, offensive linemen. Justin School is a name that comes to mind. Um who ended up going to the 49ers and then ended up starting in a pinch, you know, one of those swing tackles. I think Justin Heron could be that same type of player. You know, I mentioned the, the injuries. Justin Sternad, their, their inside linebacker, he was the guy who was making plays for them. 6'3", 235 pounds, um, excellent instincts, makes plays behind the line of scrimmage, can also drop into coverage. One of those new-age linebackers tore his biceps after seven games, um, but he's a guy who I think, you know, fifth-round range, he's someone who I think can end up making an NFL roster. They have two DBs that you have to really be on the lookout for, and that's something that uh, Brian Lewerke is going to have to watch out for, Isang Bassey and Amari Henderson. Bassey's 5'10", 190 pounds, uh, over 200 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss, five interceptions, over 40 pass breakups. Instinctive, has the ball skills, but he's one of the one of those guys who sometimes will arrive at the football too soon. Um, get you know gets a little handsy at times, panics a little bit. Um, wants to be physical, wants to be aggressive. Um, he's just gonna have to temp, you know temper that back just a little bit. And then Amari Henderson on the other side, 6'1", 180 pounds, has more length than than Bassey. Um, another guy with tremendous ball skills, seven interceptions. Uh, 40 pass breakups in his career. Just a guy, model of consistency on the outside there. Um, and then a guy getting after the quarterback is Carlos Basham Jr. Uh, Boogie Basham, as 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 he's known. Uh, 6'5", 270 pounds. 30 tackles for loss. 13 and a half sacks. He's only a junior. Could come back for one more year for the Demon Deacons. And I'm sure Dave Clausen would love to see that. Um, Dave Clawson taking the Demon Deacons to four straight bowl games. I think he's really got something there. I'm hoping that Jamie Newman, uh, Sage Surratt, and uh, and Boogie Basham all come back for one more year. Would really make things interesting there in Winston-Salem. Texas Bowl, you got Oklahoma State and Texas A&M. Virtual home game there for the Aggies. Uh, taking on the number 25 ranked Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys and the Pokes. Man, they're without their freshman uh, quarterback, Spencer Sanders. Uh, over 2,000 yards, um, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, had that thumb injury, but he was dynamic as a runner. Over 600 yards on the ground, really took some pressure off of Chuba Hubbard. And then Tylen Wallace, you know, a Blitnikoff Award finalist last year, over uh, just under 1,500 yards, receiving 12 touchdowns, um, 6'185 pounds through nine games. Um, he, he had over 900 yards and eight touchdowns. But uh, tore his ACL out for the year. Um, hasn't made a decision yet on what he's doing. If he comes back, you know he'd end up getting to play with Spencer Sanders for one more year. Chuba Hubbard um, sounds like he's going to play in the bowl game. Eighth in the Heisman, six uh, one, two hundred seventeen pounds. Like I said, eighth in the Heisman um, after nineteen hundred thirty six yards on the ground. Uh, 6.3 yards per carry, 21 touchdowns, also had 21 receptions to his credit as well. Uh, Doak Walker Award finalist, and uh, he, he's he's got that explosive burst. You know, he's got that track speed. It's one of those guys, you know, all he needs is a crease, and he's hitting that hole and getting downhill. 
Um, reminds me of Daryl Henderson from that in that respect because you know, all Daryl Henderson needed was a crease and he was gone. Both guys over 900 yards. Both of those guys, you know, in the back half of the top 10 in uh, Heisman voting um, these last two years. The Pokes defensively have some young guys. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez at linebacker, 94 tackles. A- uh, Amen, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Amen uh, Ogbong Bamiga. Uh, the 6'1", 225-pound edge rusher, um, you know, four sacks, but 14 and a half tackles for loss. And then Colby Harville Peel is a sophomore safety, six foot, 215 pounds, uh, 15 pass breakups, five interceptions, showing off some pretty decent ball skills there. Uh, AJ Green, a senior corner, 6'1", 190 pounds. He's a, a veteran with six interceptions and 21 pass breakups to his credit as well. Um, he'll probably get a look at the next level. Um, they'll be taking on AM. Kellen Mond, the quarterback. Really, people were expecting him to take a step forward. 6'3, 217 pounds, um, 19 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. Um, second on the team in rushing with 384 rushing yards. I thought that they had a chance against LSU. Um, I'm sorry, against Alabama. Um, and, and Kellen Mond. Um, really, they had the chances, and he was just a lot of errant throws, just really was off his game. Um, but he's got some young, talented skill position players. He's got Isaiah Spiller, the freshman running back, 6'1", 220 pounds, over 800 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns. Um, and then he's got uh, Jalen Weidermeyer. Um, you know, you, ha- you had Jay Sternberger there. Now you've got uh, Weidermeyer, uh, 6'5", 260 pounds. Uh, over 400 yards receiving, six touchdowns to his credit as well. Defensively, you've got Justin Matabuke. The junior is not going to be playing in the bowl game, but uh, still a guy who can make some plays behind the line of scrimmage. 24 and a half tackles for loss, 11 sacks in his career. Very athletic first step, 6'3", 306. He's someone to keep an eye out for. And then Charles, Charles Oliver and Miles Jones in the secondary, both bigger guys. Oliver, 6'2", 216. Miles Jones, 6'4", 185 pounds. Excellent length. Oliver, 33 pass breakups, uh, including 14 this year. Uh, Miles Jones, three interceptions, 21 pass breakups to his credit. And um, I think Oklahoma State, you know, depending on what happens with Chuba Hubbard, if he decides he wants to to play in the bowl game, I think that that gives them uh, a great chance to win the game. Without Chuba Hubbard, I think AM ends up winning this game going away. With Chuba, I think Oklahoma State ends up edging things out. And, uh, you know, there's a report today uh, in the media in Oklahoma that there's a chance that Spencer Sanders is going to play the, in this game. And uh, so you split time with him and Drew, uh, Drew Brown. Um, I wonder how effective he'll be throwing the football given that thumb injury, but you know, I, I think you get that explosive playmaker there in the backfield, and things will be interesting for sure. Uh, Holiday Bowl, USC and Iowa, uh, number twenty-two ranked Trojans, eight and four on the year. Uh, the fan base is up in arms because Clay Helton's coming back for one more year. AD Mike Bone uh, has, has said that Clay Helton's going to be the guy there. You'll anticipate that they'll make some changes on the defensive side of the football. Clancy Pendergast defense um, gave up a ton of points um, down the stretch, uh, in- including against a, an undermanned UCLA team in their final game of the regular season. Graham Harrell, the uh, offensive coordinator, really made the offense relevant, um, signed a multi-year deal. He'll be back. And a big reason why USC has had success is their freshman quarterback, 6'2", 200-pound 200, 200 Keaton Slovis, 
And you know, when you talk about efficiency, you know, just under 72% completion percentage, over 3,200 yards, 28 touchdowns, did throw nine picks. But you know, this is a kid who, you know, he was a three-star recruit coming out of Arizona. Kurt Warner was his quarterback coach. And the, the kid, the poise in the pocket, he doesn't play like a freshman. He plays like a guy, you know, much older. And uh, I think that's what's so impressive. The receiving core at USC is just unreal. Uh, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., the senior, is the leader of that that secondary. He's Blitnikoff, uh, I'm sorry, the receiving core. And, and Michael Pittman Jr., Blitnikoff Award finalist, 6'4", 220 pounds, 95 catches, over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. That doesn't really equate to a high yards per catch average, but it was because teams would game plan against Michael Pittman. They saw what he did against Utah, uh, over 200 yards receiving, a couple of touchdowns, uh, so physical on the outside. He's so difficult to bring down. He wins the 50-50 balls, goes up and attacks the football in the air, you know, and he's sneaky fast. You know, he, he's so big and so physical that he doesn't look like he, you know, that straight line speed. The question is, is, is he going to be able to separate? But the problem, you know, for DBs is even if you don't separate from this guy, you know, he, he finds a way to get that late separation, especially when he's leaping into the air. You know, he has that tremendous uh, catch radius, but then you got to try to tackle this guy. He's big, he's physical, he has a chance at the first round. Um, I, I don't know that he'll end up making it, but look, the last time you had a USC receiver that I thought was legitimately, you know, had a legitimate chance at the first round was Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster did not run a great time at the in the 40 at the Combine. He fell to the end of the second round, and you saw what he's been able to do there for the Pittsburgh Steelers as a result. Um, Michael Pittman... I think you know teams will look at the physicality, his ability to make plays down the football field. The guy who wins those 50-50 balls um, just has a knack for making plays, a knack for being able to, you know, the catch radius is tremendous. Um, his body control, uh, especially along the sideline, um, he has a chance to be a first-rounder in my book. Um, but, you know, the other re- receivers there for SC, they've got a junior in Tyler Vaughns. I think he comes back 6'2", 190, over 800 yards receiving, six touchdowns to his credit, over 2,300 receiving yards in his career. Sophomore Amon Ross St. Brown is, is your possession guy. Very sudden in and out of his breaks. I think he's he's quicker than he is fast, but he, he has a knack for getting open, a knack for finding openings in the hole, um, in the holes and zones. Uh, 68 catches, over 800 yards receiving. And then Drake London is a 6'5", 205-pound freakish athlete, a basketball player, um, over 500 yards receiving um, in just seven games. Um, But really, when you tune in and watch this game, you're going to have to watch Austin Jackson against A.J. Epinesa. I want to see that matchup as much as possible. Do not line up A.J. Epinesa over Drew Richmond, the right tackle. Line him up against Austin Jackson, and let's watch this thing go. Austin Jackson, I think to me, is one of the more ascending prospects in this year's draft. 6'6", 310 pounds. You know, he started last year at left tackle, uh, again this year, and I think that when you look at him, I haven't seen the final stats from Pro Football Focus, but I think he only has a couple of pressures. So light on his feet. Um, I think you know his, his pass sets are, have been phenomenal. You know, he, he takes a proper angle, uh, with the kick slide, gets good depth, beating those guys to the edge. And really from there, he's light on his feet, able to mirror he, his hand usage. 
you know, he, he's pretty accurate with this punch, give her, you know, delivers a good jolt. You know, I think he needs to sustain his blocks a little bit more in the running game, but he's absolutely a pass blocker extraordinaire. And when you look at AJ Epinesa, 6'6, 280 pounds, one of the, the you know, most heavily um, highly rated recru- recruits there for Iowa. Um, you know, 34 tackles for loss, 24 sacks to his credit, seven pass breakups, eight forced fumbles. As a sophomore, he didn't even start. He was, you know, he was playing behind Parker Hessian and Anthony Nelson. Uh, 16 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, which led the Big Big Ten. As a junior, started off slow, still ended up with nine sacks on the year. As he picked up, you know, he really started playing well um, and getting after the quarterback when it counted, and that was in Big Ten play. Line these two guys up, and let's see see who wins the matchup. Who's going to be the guy that's really going to stand out there? You know, Christian Welch, the linebacker, he's 6'3", 239. He makes the defense better, but this is a guy who just can't seem to stay healthy. Um, you know, the I, I talked about that receiving core. you got Michael Ojemudia and, and Matt Hankins, a couple of, uh, you know, guys over six feet tall. Um, you know, Ojemudia, eight interceptions, 15 pass breakups. Matt Hankins, a couple of interceptions and 10 pass breakups to his credit as well. They'll be tasked with having to deal with that receiving core. Geno Stone is a, a, a an active safety back there on the back end. Uh, another guy to keep an eye out for. And then when Iowa has the football, you've got Nathan Stanley, who's 6'4", 243 pounds, um, under 60% completion percentage, uh, does have 66 touchdowns, 23 interceptions. For me, the deep ball accuracy is inconsistent. Um, but man, Short to intermediate throws. He's got the tremendous arm strength. Can make a lot of those throws. Can get the ball from the left hash to the right to the right sideline. On a line, um, you know that you know makes those throws outside the numbers and, and can put it on a, on his man. Hit the receiver over the middle. It's mostly on those deep balls more than anything else. Um, the running back duo really he's got a trio of running backs: Makai Sargent, Tyler Goodson, the freshman, and then Torin Young, who's kind of the more of the bruiser. I think Sargent will end up probably starting, uh, but Tyler Goodson may end up getting the, the bulk of the carries when it's all said and done. And then up front, man, Tristan Wirfs, that right tackle, 6'5", 322 pounds. I'm higher on him than some other people are. I think he could potentially go in the top 10, but I think he's not getting out of the top 20. Um, he's a right tackle. He's big, he's physical, but he's also light on his feet. I think he's one of those guys who who can play on the left side in a pinch, and he did so for Alaric Jackson when he went down to injury. Um, you know, ultimately got exposed a little bit by by some of the speed rushers, but uh, the power is undeniable. Um, his 450 pound hang clean that he did for four reps broke Brandon Sheriff's record. Now Brandon Brandon Sheriff now is is a Pro Bowler. Um, he did it did the hang clean at 4:43 with for three reps back in uh, 2014, and when I watch Tristan Wirfs play, he reminds me a lot of Brandon Sheriff with the physicality, his ability to just blow a guy off the off the line, the powerful punch. You know, the thing with with Brandon Sheriff that he was so good at was he would just long arm a guy, just extend that arm right into the pad level and drive a guy off the football. You don't see that type of dominance from Tristan Wirfs, but you see the power, you see the athleticism, you see that punch at the point of attack, and uh, he can sustain his blocks as well to the whistle. He's going to go up against uh, Drake Jackson, a freshman who I think is going to have a tremendous year there, or season, uh, not only season, but I'm sorry, tremendous career for the Trojans, 6'4", 275, freshman All-America, uh, 11.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks, despite being injured, um, 
their best pro prospect may actually end up being Jay Tufele, a defensive tackle, 6'3", 305 pounds, uh, a guy who can get after the quarterback, um, you know, good quickness off the football, uses a good arm over to get into the backfield and blow up run plays. Talanoa Hufanga is their heat-seeking missile at safety, 6'1", 220 pounds. Uh, those three running backs are going to be seeing Hufanga all over uh, the line of scrimmage. A uh, guy who just plays with reckless abandon. Really a lot of fun to watch. You know what? I'm going with the Trojans in this game. I think Keaton Slovis is going to end up airing it out. Those receivers going to have a big day. I expect Michael Pittman to have a huge day in his final game. And it's one of those things. Like I said, defenses scheme to to deal with him. And so what Graham Harrell tries to do is get the ball to him any way that they can. Throw a lot of those quick throws. And it's one of those things to where those receivers all block very well. And Pittman's another physical blocker on the outside, which also you know lead you know really just helps his draft stock that much more. He's an unselfish player, but when he gets the ball in his hands on one of those quick throws, he gets some of that momentum going, and he'll end up turning a, a two-yard throw into a 15-yard gain. And he's hit and dragging guys, you know, bouncing off contact, you know getting another eight, nine, sometimes 10 yards after contact. Just a tremendous player. Um, I think USC ends up winning that game. And then the final game, Air Force taking on Washington State in the Cheez-It Bowl. Air Force, man, you know, Troy Calhoun, um, tremendous job there at, at the helm for, for the Falcons. 12 years at the helm and, uh, you know, 10 and 2 on the year. They're not a team that's going to be throwing the ball much. Look, you know, DJ Hammond, their quarterback, 99 attempts in his career. He's got 491 yards on the ground. I think Taven Birdo uh, is, is a senior, 6'1", 220 pounds, uh, over 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns in his career. He's really one of the guys that I'm looking at as a potential pro prospect, I think especially at that fullback position. They've got a ball hawk in the secondary and Zane Lewis, 6'1", 190 pounds, 14 pass breakups picked off a pass and, and ran it 99 yards for a touchdown as well. Um, let's see. And then Washington State. Look, 6-6 six and six on the year. Not the, the, the type of year that they're really expecting. But look, Mike Leach, eight years there in Wazoo. Six years taking him to a bowl game, including five straight. And uh, after Gardner Minshew, um, what was the, you know, who, who's going to take, take over at quarterback? It was ultimately Anthony Gordon, the backup to uh, Gardner Minshew there. Um, finally waited out his turn, 6'3", 210 pounds, 72% completion percentage, over 5,000 yards, 45 touchdowns, just 16 interceptions. Um, he's not the, I wouldn't say that he's necessarily the quite the passer that, that Gardner Minshew was, but at the same time, you know, he made a lot of difficult throws, very accurate in uh, Mike Leach's system. And uh, spread the ball around very well to a lot of different targets, a lot of different players. Um, you know, six receivers over 500 yards, plus Aesop Winston and Brandon Arcanado went over 900 yards. Um, spread the ball around, and uh, he's going to get a look. You know, he may get drafted late, and uh, you never count out a Mike Leach quarterback. Um, and then, you know, if you want to talk about a running back that we're going to be talking about quite a bit in next year's draft, it's Max Borgie. 5'10", 197-pound sophomore, and uh, his 134 receptions since the start of 2018 is the most by a running back. It's just astonishing to see um, what he's been able to accomplish in a short period of time as a wide receiver uh, coming out of the backfield. And uh, Max Borgie um, is going to be fun to watch. I think at the end of the day, Air, uh, Air Force just won't have the weapons to deal with 
this passing attack by uh, uh, by Mike Leach in the Palouse. And ultimately, I think uh, Washington State ends up winning the Cheez-It Bowl. So there you have it. The first 17 bowls of the college bowl season. Breaking those down, taking a look at some of the matchups. We're going to go ahead and do this all over again in just a couple of days. Break down the remaining bowl games. Stay tuned. We'll go ahead and bring the rest of those to you. But until then, enjoy a few bowl games this weekend. We've got a, a full slate of them, and uh, we'll put one more together. I've got a, a vacation coming up, so uh, I w- I'll be out in California uh, December 22nd through the 30th. So I won't have any podcasts breaking any, breaking down any of the bowl game results uh, during that time. But uh, give me a couple of weeks. I'll get another podcast out. But uh, I definitely want to make sure that I'm breaking down each of these bowl games uh, before they all kick off. So uh, on Saturday, I'll get another podcast release that'll break down the remaining bowl games. We'll take a look at all those matchups, especially the college football playoff. We'll take a look at OU versus LSU and Clemson versus Ohio State and what the college football national championship might look like and what those matchups might be. So until Next episode, enjoy yourselves, take care. This is Greg Shoots for ReadyForTheDraft.com. This has been the Ready For The Draft podcast. I am out of here. Take care, everyone.